0: So how can you get your students to tackle word problems confidently when there is no time and so many requirements? I am going to show you how to make this shift from feeling frustrated and overworked and under-supported to waking up every day excited to teach math, to using your expertise to plan lessons that directly focus on your students' need, So if you're a first through fifth grade teacher who is tired of students giving up on word problems before they even try, and you're not willing to give up, but you constantly feel like you're taking two steps forward and three steps back, I have the training for you. Because you ultimately want effective lessons that don't demand more of you, and you want your students to problem solve independently. So join me for a free training on the three most common mistakes to avoid when teaching word problems. It's on March 11th at 1 p.m. Central Time. You can register at monamath.com slash training. And if you can't make it because it's a Saturday at 1 p.m., don't worry. As long as you're registered, I'll send you the recording. So I can't wait to see you there so that we can start increasing your students' achievement and understanding and helping you feel more successful at teaching math. This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, And all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're gonna work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait! If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide. To engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com/slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. Okay, today on the show, we are so lucky to talk to a kindergarten teacher. We have Zeba, she's the founder of Kindergarten Cafe. So we are going to talk all about kindergarten today. So, hey, Zeba, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Mona. Thanks for
0: having me. It's so exciting to have some younger representation here. This is all about elementary, but we don't often get to talk to somebody who is like, the, you know, their specialty is kindergarten. So, super excited about that. Early
1: childhood represent. Yes.
0: It's so important as a person who has a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I'm just constantly thinking about early childhood and all those things. So excited to learn from you today. So tell us about you. So my name
1: is Zeba, and I teach kindergarten in Massachusetts. Um, I've been a teacher for nine years now. The years kind of melded together with COVID. Um, I have taught all the grades K through three, um, and kindergarten by far is my favorite. Early childhood has my heart. Um, And I created Kindergarten Cafe in 2018 to start helping other teachers and um, helping other kindergarten teachers with everything they need from arrival to dismissal.
0: I love that little phrase that you use like arrival to dismissal whatever you need in those times I got you love that so specifically on today's show let's just talk about math and what we need for math so what does math look like in your kindergarten classroom so I am a firm believer that children should be playing and I'm
1: all things play Um, And so in math, this looks like a lot of hands-on games and activities and just exploring with materials and numbers and um, math ideas. Um, I do math stations with my class, and um, I firmly also believe in giving children choice in their math routine and their stations. So I know that a lot of teachers tell students when to go to which station and how long to be there and they rotate the class through. I don't do that. I let the children free flow, and sometimes they stay at a station the whole time and they're really, really engaged in that one station. And I love that. That is the best. Um, so I can always talk more about station routines and things like that, but that's what works for me in my class. And I really see it benefiting the children as math learners. You know, we gather on the rug for a little bit, have some discussions as a whole class, but really the meat of the math is that hands on games and activities that they're exploring
0: with. And that choice just builds engagement. I know, like, I have a four-year-old at home, but I've also taught first through sixth grade. And you're right, like, kids can sit with one thing for a long time and really figure it out if they're given that time. Often with centers, I feel like kids are, like, interrupted mid-thought of mm-hmm. like okay put it away and they're like a lot of behaviors pop up because of that i feel like mm-hmm. so that's awesome i also love this idea of like it's all about play in early childhood it should be yes but also it, math is so much just playing and if you can continue to like build that mindset with kids of like yeah just play with math it doesn't have to be high pressure or you know anxiety i love yes it. and
1: exploring you know just like Give you some materials and see what you do with it. You know, and the the stuff they come up with is astonishing. I mean, they impress me every day.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the skill of decomposition. But when we were preparing for this, we're kind of talking about all the things that you are an expert on and that you could talk about. But let's talk about specifically decomposition and what that looks like in kindergarten.
1: You know, I think there's so many math skills that they're learning in kindergarten, but this one is a really foundational skill. And I having later taught I taught second grade last year. I saw that come into play big time when the kids were missing that skill um, and how it affected them in their addition and subtraction. So I'm looking at decomposition differently now this year because I've seen in the later years what happens when they're missing that. So decomposition is breaking apart numbers, knowing what numbers fit into other numbers, the amounts that fit into other amounts, being flexible with numbers
0: love it. And you're so right. Like when you teach higher grades or you just get familiar with that content, it makes your teaching so much better. Like when you know the math, like the trajectory is what I like to call it. Like when you know that well, you can be like, oh, this part right here is really important for second grade. I'll tell you, it's really important for years and years. Like, so I love it. Um, Tell us about how you like decomposition looks in kindergarten, like what you guys do to support your students in developing that.
1: Well, so I think that the progression that I'll mention with decomposition really could be applied to pretty much any um, kindergarten skill, but also to the older grades as well, um, especially for the kids that um, struggle that are having gaps that are missing, you know information uh, missing skills. Uh, starting in this sort of progression will be really important for them. Um, oftentimes I see in the older grades, like just giving a lot of repeated practice instead of backing up and doing some of the things that we do in the earlier years. And I do think that starting with step number one, which is what I'm going to talk about, is more hands-on concrete materials um, would be really helpful for older grades, for kids missing some of those skills. But anyway, back to kindergarten, (laughs) what I know more about. Um, The first step in that decomposition um, progression is exploring. As I mentioned, we do lots of exploring with visuals and concrete materials. So anytime you can have like a two-sided something. I love the chips that are red and yellow, but I tell families just use coins because they're two-sided. And all the kids are doing, they're just taking a couple coins, couple chips and dropping them on the table. And it's fun for them because they're tossing them, they're dropping them. And they're literally just recognizing, oh, wait a minute. I had five chips two are red and three are yellow wow okay they're just noticing this um breaking apart cubes you have a train of five cubes oh I'm gonna just snap it in the middle oh my goodness two are in the sand three are in the sand wow you know um and also subitizing is a really great way to work on decomposition with an added on sort of reflection piece to it. So you sort of show an image very quickly of dots or whatever, but having the kids talk about, well, how did you know it was that number quickly? And then they're starting to talk about, well, I saw four and then I saw one over there. So I knew that was five. And having them talk about that shows that they're understanding how five can be broken up into four and one. Yes, um, love it. And and also like sorting to to like if they have a bunch of objects, you know, how many do you have? And it's, oh, well, two are red and one is yellow or two are, I don't know, animals, two are fish and two, one is a frog. Oh, there's, but there's three animals. And it, this comes in with the teacher sort of joining in, in their play, in their exploration. Oh, so you have three animals, two are, and sort of verbalizing what it is, but they're noticing the numbers and it's sort of bringing in that awareness of, oh, two and one make 3
0: Mm-hmm. And these are such simple questions and prompts and games that people can play like in centers, but also with their kid at home or in a quick like group that you might pull to help a first grader or second grader. So I really appreciate those like very easy to do interventions because we don't have time to like print off a bunch of things and have a bunch of, you know, workbook pages or whatever like for intervention but if you have a couple of those games in your back pocket of like oh I know this kid is having a hard time breaking up a number I love the the two-sided like the colored chip mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's I, th- I think people I think teachers think that the more interesting or the more like steps to something you know the prettier or whatever it's gonna be better but Honestly, for this kind of skill, especially for kids that are struggling with it and you're doing it over and over again, just simpler, the better, because you can just get down to the nitty gritty of like, this is the skill or not all the other stuff. I'm going to eliminate you having to worry about all that other stuff and direction following. And we're just going to do it for a short attention span, you know, and just, it's easy enough to just grab behind your desk and just, you know for two minutes, you know, work on it with them.
0: So tell us about step two.
1: So after they're just exploring with the materials and noticing that, um, you know, numbers can be broken apart, that things have different amounts, um, I start taking away some of the visuals. So they're having to remember what makes up the total. Um, So this just involves taking some kind of container that you can't see through and just covering up some of those chips or covering up some of those, you know, colored bears. We use a lot and we call it bears in a cave and they're hiding in the cave. And well, how many are in the cave? You can make it very fun and inventive, but it's just simply covering up some and showing the other. And then you're saying, okay, I have, so- I had- there was five bears, but <gasps> some are in the cave. I only see two. How many are in the cave? You know, um, just even taking those, that cube that you snap, snap it behind your back and now you're only showing one set of the cubes. You have the rest behind your back. You don't know how many are behind your back. You could do this with a friend. Well, I only have three in front of you. There's two behind me. Um, but a really fantastic resource, which is free, I believe, is uh, by Steve Borney. I think I'm saying his name right. Splat. I can mm, give you yes. the, the link. But Splat is, we use it like as a warm-up every day. So basically, it shows the kids the total amount. And then it just splat covers some and they have to remember okay well if there was five I only see one that means there's four under the splat
0: yes that is such an exciting game I know like so many teachers that love that and swear by it as like this is the routine and again these are just things that like you could do for just a couple minutes, like as a warm-up, you could even, I was thinking about this while you were talking, like you could do this under your projector or under your elmo on your projector, like you know, five, what am I saying? Like th- five um coins, and then you just put your hand over some. Like it can be very simple, and I love that. But the whole idea here is that kids are getting this like quick repeated practice with the manipulatives and the visual.
1: Yeah, they still have that concrete object in front of them and that helps too because then you uncover and they can confirm that they were right, they can double check, they can count and it just connects all those think all that thinking for them in their brain. It connects their abstract to the concrete, which they know so well in the concrete, but now they're starting to connect it to the abstract and the mental computation.
0: Yes. And you you kind of mentioned this before, but we have to remember that when students are struggling or learning something new, they can't be at abstract yet, which means they can't just do pages of practice or even multiple practice problems like they really need to go back to concrete, which Mm -hmm. means hands on manipulatives or visuals of some degree.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, kindergarten gets the rap of, Oh, you just play all day. And I am an advocate of play, (laughs) but there's so much learning that happens and the learning is developmentally appropriate. Mm -hmm. It's, it helps them to learn at this age. And when kids are missing big skills, I think it's really great to go back towards first grade kindergarten. What are they doing in those classrooms that you can do with your students? that are missing those skills. I've had, you know, other teachers talk to me about like what activities they could do with kids. And, you know, so if your kids are struggling, I would say, go check out your kindergarten classroom and see how they do, you know, the skill at a basic level.
0: That's a great idea.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. but anyway, (laughs) the third step would be to start adding, um, some actual like numerals and equations to the mix. So again, you're connecting, the um the concrete, the abstract. So you're, you can do all the same games. You're just starting to add. They just would write four plus one equals five. They would write the equation that matches with the materials that they're using. And I use like the same games throughout. I don't change it up. I might change the amounts that they're breaking apart or the materials, but I like the games that they do to stay the same so that they don't have to like, learn a new direction, learn a new routine. They know it's expected of them. It's just getting more challenging and more appropriate to what they need. Um, And lastly, you take away those concrete things when they're ready for it and just do abstract, um, you know, work, you know, equations, whatever. But this is where that's, if they're struggling in second grade with breaking apart numbers to add to it, this, that's because you're jumping right to that last step of being abstract.
0: This is such a good example of how conceptual understanding is built through hands on experiences that leads to procedural fluency, which is what the ultimate goal is. Because we don't want people in fifth grade not knowing how to break up a five. We want to get to procedural fluency. But when we jump to that first, then we miss out on them understanding the concept deeply so that they can actually be fluent in it, that procedure. Okay, let's review those four steps real quick. Will you go through them real quick again?
1: Sure. So first is just exploring with visuals and concrete materials, letting them explore and notice that different amounts can be broken apart. The second step is to start taking away, as in covering up, some of those parts. So they have to think abstractly about what was under the hand, under the cup, whatever. The third step is starting to add numerals to what you're already doing, adding equations, making it even more um, connected to the abstract. And lastly, is taking away all hands-on concrete material um, and just doing more abstract. Thank you. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Okay, friend, share where people can find you on social media or on the internet so that they can pick your brain more about kindergarten goodness and follow up with you if they have any questions on what we talked about today.
1: Yeah, please follow up. I love chatting, love talking about all things kindergarten. Um, You can find me on all the socials at kindergartencafe. I do have a blog and there is lots of math goodness. So if you want more kindergarten math, um, www.kindergartencafe.org. And I do actually have a free guide all about teaching small groups so that your students actually learn. Um, I'm all about working smarter, not harder. Um, And again, it goes back to what we talked about here of doesn't have to be fancy and extensive it can go simple um, so that our students are really getting the most of those small groups so that free guide is kindergartencafe.org slash
0: math love love I'm going to grab it I hope everybody else will I love learning about the trajectory too like so if I can understand kindergarten then I can you know better understand my third graders or even like beyond that so this has been Such a great combo. I'm so excited for everybody to learn a little bit more about kindergarten and decomposition and just really think about how student choice, just some simple tasks. Exploration can really help your students like develop that love and joy in math while also learning some really important skills. Thank you so much, Zeba. This was so great. Please, everybody, go connect with Zeba on all the socials and we'll talk to you soon, friend. Bye. So, join me for a free training on the three most common mistakes to avoid. When Teaching Word Problems, it's on March 11th at 1 p.m. Central Time. You can register at monamath.com training. And if you can't make it because it's a Saturday at 1 p.m., don't worry. As long as you're registered, I'll send you the recording. So I can't wait to see you there so that we can start increasing your students' achievement and understanding and helping you feel more successful at teaching math.